So this week's tour portion, man, it ain't pretty, is it? And you kind of think about it, what happened to these 12 brothers, right? They heard the stories of their father, their grandfather, their great-grandfather. But when you read this week's Torah portion, they weren't such good guys, were they? And they did not like the younger brother. How many of y'all are the youngest here in family? We rule. Just don't tell them. <laughs> You know why I say don't tell them? Do not tell them, because what do they do? They'll throw us in the pit. <laughs> right? We learn from the... If I can get another thing of water, please. My kingdom for water. So we, we see here this interesting twist, right? We see these brothers that aren't so righteous, are they? Thank you, sir. But something... Can you get me one that's not open? And throw this one away? I'll take the... Yeah, that one... This one was open, though. I mean... That one's open, too? It doesn't look open. Thank you. Thank you. Throw it dry today. All right. Do we need to get more water? <laughs> Honey, if you're watching. <laughs> By the way, Judy's doing better. It just takes time with this second leg. So keep her in your prayers. She's hopping along. Not having to do as much. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> no, she's doing good. So keep her in your prayers, though. But we, we see such an interesting picture of the 12 brothers, don't we? They weren't so great and glorious and chummy with each other, which you would think they would have been. Look what their offspring's going to be, right? But it shows you that these are real people. And guess what? God uses real people. And he also likes to pick on the youngest. It's also a little warm up here. I feel like I'm in a pit. Right? So we have this situation where the brothers are a little upset. I don't understand why. Just because the youngest of them says, hey, one day I have this dream and you're all going to bow down to me. And they have a problem with that. Right? You older people, just because you're the oldest brother doesn't mean you're going to be the top guy, right? And they didn't like his message, did they? But there was a response to it. See, God had a plan. And guess what? Sometimes he has to throw us into the pit to make it happen. I'm going to tell you, as I was rereading the, the Torah portion this week, one particular scripture jumped out. That's Genesis chapter 40, verse 15. If you can put that on the screen. Genesis 40, verse 15. I prefer the TLV version. It says, for I was forcibly kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing at all that they, what, should put me in this pit. Now, some Bibles have the word dungeon, right? And that was concerning. I hate when there's like two, you know, you have all these different versions. 
So I did a strong concordance. I looked it up, and guess what? It can mean pit. And I really think that was the true meaning when he was in here because in his mind, when his brothers threw him in that pit, he never got out. He was still in that pit that his brothers put him into. We know the story. He went out to go see his brothers. Now, granted, I can see why they would be upset. They're all working, doing all this hard stuff. What's he doing? Sitting at home in his nice clothes, right? His garment that his dad made for him. So what does he do? He walks out to see what his brothers are doing in that garment. Probably not the best thing to do. So to give credit to the brothers, can you imagine you're working out in the field, you're doing all this stuff, you're hot, you're sweaty, right? You're working for your dad so you get no money and no breaks, right? Have you ever worked for the family? Come on. And you see your brother, youngest brother, who could be working out there. He's 17 years old, right? He's old enough to work. They didn't have Nintendo back then. They didn't have, you know... Xbox and all this. They weren't playing video games. He could have been working, right? But now here he comes just strolling along. Seeing his brother. And they're like, that's it. We're done with him. <laughs> Sold him for how many pieces? That 20 number. Come 20 pieces of silver. We'll get you. If someone wants to sell you something and they offer you 20 pieces of silver, do not take it. <laughs> that is not a good number for you. Right? And they sell him off. And they go and tell Papa a lie. And he weeps for his son. But what we see happen in this young man's life is amazing. Because even though he didn't realize it necessarily, God was with him. Right? The scripture tells us that when he, was, uh, go, when he was put into slavery, right? He was put in charge of the man's house. And man, everything he touched turned to gold, right? He was successful. And then an issue that has been haunting us for thousands of years happens. The wife of his boss falsely accuses him of what? Having some hanky-panky. We got kids present, right? He was accused of playing the game hanky-panky. Turn yourself around. That's what it's all about, right? And even though he was innocent and proclaimed his innocence, what did they say? Oh, the woman said it must be right. There's something to learn about there. Right? We got to be careful and just accusing. Because he was falsely accused, wasn't he? Did he argue? Did he fight? He went to prison. Now, I'm going to say this wasn't the normal prison. And I haven't done research on this. But as I'm reading the story again, something tells me that these guys, this is like, you know, we have like federal prison, like you don't want to go there, right? 
And then we have the local county jail, and it's more like a, a, a club, right? Have you kind of heard that? So, you know, they get TV and all this stuff. So it wasn't necessarily a horrible, horrible place. That's just a thought, right? Because who was there? These, were like, these weren't like criminals. These were like the king got ticked off at you and you got to throw you in jail, right? And so he's in there. And what happens when he gets put into the jail? He gets to the position of being in charge over the whole place, right? Because God was still blessing him. And that's something to remember that even though he didn't understand what was going on, he had, and, and, but he still remembered those stories of his father and grandfather. And he knew that God was in charge. And it states here that, you know, he was in this situation, right? Thrown in prison. And like every you know, prisoner, he, they proclaim they're innocent, but this one actually was, right? What did he do? He, when she tried to have hanky-panky and grabbed his clothes, he ran away in his underwear, right? He refused because he saw it as a sin against God, not against his boss. He was seeing it as a sin against God, as the scripture says. So he understood that God had a plan. He wasn't fighting God anymore, was he? Because he remembered the dream he had. The dream in which his brothers and mother and father would bow down before him. And he knew that God's word is true. And so he stood by it. And then while he's in the prison... Two men, the cupbearer for the king and the bread maker. I don't know what the bread maker did. What kind of conspiracy he could have had. I don't know if he tried to make a croissant and didn't make it right or something. But whatever he did, he blew it, right? And both of them, they said they had a dream. And have you ever had a dream? Everyone dreams, right? I dream, but then there's sometimes you have a dream that's like so real, it scares you, doesn't it? Do you know like the average dream only is like a couple seconds, right? But in your mind, it's hours, right? And you know you get that dream and it's so vivid, so concerning, that you're like, there has to be something about this, right? It's not like that typical dream you get where you win the million dollar lottery, right? and decide to donate it all to the congregation, right? <laughs> but these guys had this dream, and it was bothering them. And Joseph saw this, and he asked them, what is wrong? <coughs> and they needed an interpretation of a dream. And did you think, I think in his mind he went, uh-uh. Not one of these again. But he's an honest man, isn't he? And so what happens? He listens to the cupbearer's dream. And he says, in three days you'll be put back into your position. Position of honor, right? Giving 
the king his wine. Man, that sounded good. Right? He'd been in the prison, we don't know how long, but he was going to be out in three days and put back to his old position. Everything was hunky-dory. So you know that baker was thinking, I'm out of here. And he was. Just not how he planned it, right? And he has a vision and he tells him that there's three loaf baskets of bread on top of his head. That should have been your first sign. There's trouble. And birds were picking at the king's bread. And you know, Judge, I don't know if I want to tell him this one. Three days, you're out of here too. But it ain't going to be how you like it. And he tells him. And what happens? Three days later, exactly what he said comes to pass. And he asked the cupbearer. You notice he didn't ask the baker this. He says, if I find favor, remember me. So that I can finally get out of my pit that my brothers threw me into. Even though I had done nothing wrong then, and I've done nothing wrong now. That takes a lot of understanding. You know, people say they want to get into ministry, and when people tell me that, I tell them this. Are you ready for the pit of hell to open up? And attack you like never before. And someone's phone's going off, and it's mine. I will say, declined. Have you ever... Where, where was I? Oh, the pit of hell. <laughs> right? It opens up, just like that, tries to bother you. And you get attacked like you have never seen it before. Who's, in, who's been in ministry? Raise your hand. Am I lying? It is amazing what happens. Because all of a sudden, Satan's phone rings like mine. And goes, uh-oh, we've got to watch those secular brothers. They're at it again. And we get moved up. The now, I actually like to be on the devil's list. Because that means I'm doing something right. If I'm not doing something, if, he, if he's not bugging me, I ain't doing something right. But we've got to be ready for that. Joseph got thrown into the pit and didn't get pulled out. He got thrown, you know, his brothers didn't like him because he was speaking God's word. That's all he was doing, right? If you haven't read the rest of the story, guess what? He was right. I don't, I, it's a, you know, a spoiler alert. Right? He, what God said, but we're going to see a change in the brothers. See, God uses that experience in the pit to change how we look. Joseph could have been complaining the whole time. He said, this, if you remember, I think I would have been a little, I would have been like, here, let me write this down for you. Hand this to the king, right? You're giving him some wine. Hey, king, you want something to read? You might want to read about this guy here. But one thing goes to show us too. How easily the world forgets about us, don't they? 
Even though we help them, we do everything, and they go, oh, I forget about you. We see that too often in the body. The hope is there, and then once they're back on their feet, oh, we don't need you anymore. Back to my old ways until you fall and stumble, and then back to us again, right? But that's a story we can learn here. He gave us the situation. And he just said, just remember me. You know, it's okay when we get into battle that we go in the pit. We just got to remember why we're there. And even though we might be there for the wrong reasons in a manly form, we know we can do God's work still. And that's the most important part. Don't worry about what the world's saying. Worry about what God's saying. That's what Joseph is telling us here. Because even when we're in the pit, God is with us. And he's there supporting us. And lifting us up. And that's what we see take place here. When I read those words... That all that should be, put, you know, that should be put me. Um, where does it say? I have done nothing at all that they put me in this pit, and it just it hit me like a ton of bricks. He never got out of that pit. People will throw us into a situation and go on with their lives. That's what the eleven brothers did, didn't they? They went on. But see, what goes around comes around, doesn't it? And if God has a plan, you can't stop it. People will come to me, you know, if we've, we've helped start other congregations. And some people say, why do you, you let them start a congregation? Look, if it's God's calling, I can't do anything to stop it. If they're called by God, it's going to happen. And then what you see, something, sometimes it happens, sometimes it falls, because it wasn't called by God. But we can't be afraid. And we can't be worried about getting out of the pit. If God threw you into a pit, stay there till your time is done. Don't try to, you know, you don't see him here trying to justify himself all the time, Right? Come on, he became the top guy. He knew people. He knew people that knew people, right? He was in that kind of position. But yet, he doesn't ask. Until what? Until they need a dream interpreted. And he's good at that, isn't he? He can interpret his own dreams. Yeah, I've had some people come to me and tell me they've had a dream and Sometimes there's a meaning there. Other times I said, it's just a dream. Get over it, right? Sometimes we just dream, right? But there's other times you have a dream and you're like, I got to figure this one out. And when he got called to do that, that was a test. Because the last time he interpreted dreams, what happened to him? He got thrown into the pit, right? And he was still in that pit. And this time, when he interpreted the dream, all he said was, remember me. 
And we know that that didn't happen, did it? For a while. But see, God's plan isn't always instantaneous too. So, how many times do we want God to do something and do it right now? Right? Lord, just strike him down right now. Boom. Lord, I'm waiting. Do I need to call you? Do I need to text you? Let it happen now. But that's not how our God works. It's his time, his order. And when that happens, we see our God truly do the miracles. We're getting ready to celebrate a miracle that took place. Some say the story was added after the fact. Here's reality. Can God do miracles? Absolutely. And God did a miracle. He took a family of Levites. These were not the warriors, were they? When you think of Levites, you don't think of the strong, muscular guys. These are the men who sat, home, sat around all day, read scripture, right? Sure, they had to let that Torah scroll. But that wasn't exactly it, right? These were not strong guys. Yet, what they started military-wise is still done today. How many of y'all know that? They are the inventors of guerrilla warfare. See, all these soldiers, what do they do? You see the, you've seen the movies. They come out, they march out in a straight line, right? And they go to fight. That was something done all the way up even to the Civil War, right? But what do these guys do? They ambushed them. They didn't play by man's rules. They played by God's rules. And they were able to defeat the greatest army in the world. Right? This army had conquered land after land after land. And then when it comes up to this country smaller than the size of New Jersey, the Jersey folks understand that. Right? And they can't beat them. And Israel is able to retake the land. How old is he? Eleven, and he's walking? Calvin, you are in trouble! You are in big trouble! Man, don't they start walking? That's it. Good luck, brother. Pray for you. <laughs> right? It's that guerrilla war. It's that change. Because they didn't play by the book. They played by God's book. And guess what? They retook the temple, cleaned it out, and lit that menorah thinking it would only have enough oil for one day. But it lasted the eight days to show that God is that miracle. It was interesting, that song, it actually says Yeshua what? Yeshua T. Man, they got Yeshua in it. They didn't realize it. I love that. I was listening to that going, oh, cool, that's cool. 
Because He is the light of the world. And we see that beauty in Him. So if you're in a pit right now, stop calling and trying to get out and start doing what God's calling you to do in the pit. Because when it's time for you to come out of that pit, guess what? God will be there to lift you up and take you out. No problem. But He has you in there for a reason. Go and do it. And after you do what God calls you to do, remind that person to tell God, well, hey, when you're done with me, let me know. Because you can fight that fight. Remember the promise that God made to you because he will not change it. He has a calling on each one of your lives. He wants you to succeed. Yet I became a believer. It was interesting. You know, the Lord put my heart. I was doing ministry. I was doing evangelism, which was what I wanted to do. And I always remember people would say, what, what's God called? I said, well, God's putting me in for the season. And then in five years, I was going to have my own congregation. And I thought, to be honest, this would be the place where I was at. And they even started hinting to that. And then God had a different plan. And aren't you glad he did? That's the neat thing about it. If we did it my way, y'all wouldn't be here right now. I probably wouldn't be here right now either. But we listened to God. We stayed in that pit until God called us out. You know, it's funny, I was listening to the music and I remember, you know, I was listening to Paul's song and we've become friends over the years with the festivals that we've done and Paul is a great down-to-earth guy. If you've never gotten to talk to him person, he is, is a humble, humble man. And I never forget, I was doing, we were doing the festival in Buenos Aires. And I was helping Jonathan do his festival there. And I was, I was head of security. And Paul came up to me in fear. I mean, there was a fear in him. And I said, what's wrong? He goes, I have a woman stalking me. And I'm like, yeah, sure, Paul. Go, yeah, yeah, come on. You know, what do you think? You have all these groupies coming around? And he was, I mean, he was petrified. And he, this woman had been following him from state to state, country to country. And he looked out, and there she was in the front row. So I said, Paul, don't worry, I'll handle this, being the big guy I am, right? Just give you an idea. Doing security down there is not that hard. I mean, you got to worry about stuff, but I was in black pants, nice dress shirt, and a purple, some of you all remember this one if you've been here long enough, a bright, hello, Barney, the bright purple, remember when those were popular in the 80s, 90s? I had one. I mean, it, I still have it. Uh, bright purple. And I'm security. I walk up to this lady because she wanted to get to see him. I said, oh, I need to see your ID so I can see if you're on our list. And she gave me her ID. I copied it all. Down. I said, let me go check. I came back. I said, I'm sorry, ma'am. You know, Paul must have made a mistake, but you're not on the list. He's not here right now. 
there's nothing we can do. And we ended up getting her taken care of, and we watched her, and she pretty much left. I walked up to Paul, gave him her name, address, phone number, <clears throat> all her information. Paul goes, she's been stalking him for two years, and no one was able to get anything out of her. I said, you just have to have a purple jacket, and you'll be fine. <laughs> so, you know, doing what God calls you to do, you never know what you're going to see or how you're going to see it or what you're going to do. But don't worry about getting out of the pit if he's throwing you in there. Amen? Bow your head, close your eyes. We went over. We got good food downstairs. That's always a good thing here, right? Free food. Abba Father, we just come before you right now. Lord, I ask you to minister to those who are feeling like they're in a pit and we're supposed to be out. Lord, guide them and show them what you truly want them to do. Lord, let them seek your presence and realize that you have a plan. Lord, we just come to you now as we get ready to celebrate the miracle of lights. Lord, let us be an example of Yeshua. Let us be that light that comes from a distance and lights up the whole world. Lord, we thank you for the, your son Yeshua. We thank you for the light that you've turned on in us. And Lord, as we're in our pit doing your work, Lord, let us never forget that you're there with us. You have a plan. We ask this in your son Yeshua's name. And everyone said... Amen, amen. Give the Lord a hand. Amen.